0: I'm going to talk about concentration. Whenever I use the word concentration, immediately what happens is a lot of us start thinking about being back at school and studying really hard and uh, it being something very difficult. And sometimes people say to me, yeah, that's my problem, John, is I just can't concentrate. Well, if you've ever lost yourself in a good movie, you have concentrated. So I want to explain what I mean by concentration, especially in context with mind powers. Concentration is being able to focus your attention, to take one thought, one idea, one law, whatever it is that you're contemplating, whatever you're focusing on, and to be able to focus on it and think about it to the exclusion of all other things. And we want to be able to develop our powers of concentration. And to use an analogy, um, it's like a magnifying glass. I could tell you that a magnifying glass is very powerful that when you take a magnifying glass and you hold it over anything, and you hold it still and get the sun's rays focused through it, that it will burn a hole over whatever it is that you're holding it over. So you get all excited about this and you run home and you get your magnifying glass and you either forget or you didn't remember or you didn't hear that I said that you had to hold it still. And you move the magnifying glass all around and you go, what's he talking about? That's a simple beam of light. There's no power there. I knew it was too good to be true. And that's exactly how it is with mind power and the power of your thoughts. You see, you don't get to experience the power of your thoughts with your thoughts vague and diffused and all over the place. It's only when you concentrate your thoughts that you begin to experience their power. And so there's a technique that I'm going to teach you and that you're going to be practicing this week. And this technique has two purposes. Number one, just by practicing this technique every day this week, you will naturally and effortlessly develop your powers of concentration sufficient enough that you can begin working with thought forms, and that's what we're going to be doing as of next week, is we're going to start working with thought forms. So it will give you that ability. The second um, bonus on it is that it will also give you greater insight and depth of understanding on how and why consciousness manifests into reality and the power of thought. And this technique is called contemplation. And what contemplation is, very simply, is contemplation is disciplining your mind to think about something. And what you do in contemplation is, and I'll be giving you some different laws, some different statements that I want you to contemplate this week. And what it is, is you just discipline your mind to think about this law or this statement. And you ask yourself questions. What does it mean? What are the implications of it? How can I use it? How does it work in my life? And you go over and over and over it, analyzing it, thinking deeply about it mulling it over, probing it, analyzing it, looking at it from all the different directions. And when your mind wanders away, you discipline it, you bring it right back and refocus it onto whatever it is that you're contemplating. There's an old Chinese saying that says, if you read a book a thousand times, you're bound to understand it. Ah, I, I, I really get amused with that statement. I mean, I have no reason to doubt it, but I mean, a thousand times, I'll tell you. But nonetheless, the point being is that every time that you read something, you get a deeper insight into it, and it's the same thing with contemplation. Now, here's something very valuable to know and understand, and that is that all truths... All laws have many different levels of understanding to them. Many levels of understanding to them. And we fool ourselves by thinking that we know something because we have a very surface understanding of it. For example, I could say to you, do you know that you have a subconscious mind? Do you know that you have a second mind inside you? And probably most of you uh, would say, yes, I do know it. And you would be right, you do know it. But at what level do you know it? Do you mean that you know it at the intellectual level? Or do you have a really deep, conscious realization that inside me, right now, is a second mind? Beware of intellectual knowledge. Intellectual knowledge can be a very dangerous thing. And I'll tell you why. Because it fools you into making you believe that you really know it because you can spout it as a little fact you knowing on an intellectual level that you have a subconscious mind counts for nothing in fact it's even less than nothing because it fools you it's only when you really get it at a deep level that inside me right now I have two minds, not one, two. And that my subconscious mind is the real power in my life. And all truths, and that's a truth. That is a truth. And all truths, all laws, have many levels of understanding. Not one, not two, not three, but many Many levels of understanding. And what you want to do is you want to break through the surface intellectual understanding of mind power into some of the deep implications of what it means to be working with this very magical and mysterious substance called thought and how thought and reality interacts. So what we're going to do is we're going to this week be working with our contemplation exercise I'm going to be giving you a number of exercises that is going to develop your powers of concentration and what we're going to do here in this um, training this evening is I'm going to give you a little example of it and what we're going to do is we're going to take the first law that thoughts are real forces And we're going to contemplate it for three minutes. And um, I don't want you to start it right now. I want you to listen to my instructions, first of all. Now, when we contemplate it, what you do is you think about it. So it takes discipline, and you brace yourself up to the discipline of, okay, This is what I want you to do, conscious mind. I want you to think about the fact that thoughts are real forces. Law number one. And then you analyze it. You probe it. You contemplate it. You think about it. You ask yourself questions about it. What are the implications of it? How can I use it? How is it working in my life? And you might, for example, start off, well, thoughts are real forces, and an electricity is a force. Is it like electricity? Uh, Forces make things happen. Does it make things happen? And just probe it, analyze it, look at it, dissect it, in numerous different ways. Follow your thoughts wherever they take you as long as they're on the theme that thoughts are real forces. But as soon as you find yourself thinking, I wonder who that is beside me, (laughs) that has nothing to do with thoughts or real forces. Or when you find yourself thinking about a conversation that you had at the coffee break, That has nothing to do with thoughts or real forces. Or maybe thinking about something that you're going to be doing this upcoming weekend. That has nothing to do with thoughts or real forces. And what you'll find is that your mind will drift away and start thinking about non-relevant things. When your mind drifts away, notice it. Catch it and bring it right back and refocus it onto the theme of Thoughts Are Real Forces. And we're going to contemplate that thoughts are real forces for three minutes. Okay, so for three minutes, what we're going to do is we're going to contemplate that thoughts are real forces. And um, you can keep your eyes open or you can keep them shut, it doesn't matter, but uh, focus right on the fact that thoughts are real forces. So um, let's begin that now. Put the CD player on pause and do the exercise as instructed. When you're finished, then you can resume listening. Probably most of you uh, found that it was very difficult, that our mind just didn't seem to want to focus, you know, or the least little distraction. I walk off the stage, where's he going, (laughs) you know, what's that, what's he, And, uh, and what's interesting is, you know, somebody coughs, who's that coughing, you know, what's that sound, oh, it's the air conditioning. And uh, the least little distraction, our mind goes away. And what we find out is that our mind is not used to thinking and contemplating like this. And what you're going to find is that our mind very much is like a spoilt child. And it is used to doing what it wants when it wants, how it wants. So it's, it, y- your best of intentions are to contemplate and then you start to contemplate and you maybe did it for about 20 seconds or so and then your mind says, you know what? I don't want to do it. <laughs> I think I just sit this one out. And, uh, and that's interesting. That's very interesting, is that we are not our minds. Our minds are only a part of us. And our mind is used to thinking what it wants, when it wants, how it wants. And I'm going to share with you a little secret right now. Your mind is not exactly thrilled. Thrilled that you're going to be taking this course. I mean, uh, you're thrilled, but don't expect your mind to go, exercises, wonderful, I'm going to be trained. Isn't that great? Oh, your mind is going to fight it. Your mind is the great trickster, and believe me, you're going to notice this week that it's going to fight it. That's one of the things you're going to find out. So um, so the first thing that we discover in doing this process is that it's not as easy as we would suspect, that actually our mind doesn't want to cooperate that it's actually quite hard to contemplate. Sounded easy. All you have to do is think about it. And yet, how many numerous thoughts came into your mind to capture your attention that had nothing to do with thoughts or real forces? And what it's like training your mind is a lot like training your body it's a lot like going to the gym like if you go to the gym for example let's say you are completely out of shape Um, now when we're out of shape physically we know it we can see it on our physical body Uh, you walk up four flights of stairs and you're huffing and puffing you know when you're out of shape physically what we don't realize is how desperately out of shape mentally each and every one of us are. And the reason is very simple. Because we've never trained the mind. For most of us in this course, it will be the very first time in your whole life that you have actually going to be disciplining and training your mind. And of course it's out of shape. Now, when you're out of shape physically, you know that when you go to a gym and you try and do some sit-ups, and you can do about four or five sit-ups, that's it, and you get on the bike, and you try and ride the bike, and you ride the bike for three minutes, and you're out of breath, and you try and lift some weights, and you know you can do maybe uh, 10, ten pounds of the dumbbells, and that's it. But you know that if you go into the gym regularly, every day or every second day, very quickly what's going to happen is that instead of um, doing three or four sit-ups, suddenly you can do 25 sit-ups. Instead of riding the bike for three minutes, you end up riding the bike for like a half hour before you get out of breath. Instead of uh, uh, you know doing with the dumbbells ten pounds, you can suddenly do twenty pounds. You know that you, when you go into the gym and work out that you're going to get better. Nobody goes into the gym and says, "Well, that's the best I can do." And it's exactly like that with your mind. You see what you just experienced when you tried to contemplate. That's not you at your best. That's you at your worst. You have just experienced what it's like to be at the absolute worst. That's what it's like with no training. But as you train your mind, as you cultivate your mind, it will get stronger. It will get more powerful. It will get clearer. It will get more aware. And that's what we're going to do, is from this point on, We are going to be working in the inner gym. These are going to be mental gymnastics, mental exercises that we're going to do to strengthen and gain control of this conscious mind that is in constant motion, that is the great trickster, that is all the useless thought. We are going to begin to get control of it. We're going to train it. We're going to exercise it. We're going to get it to work for us in ways that would have seemed incredulous to us prior to coming into this training.